Hey, what's up, everybody? You are watching On the Town, and I'm your host, Tanya Cooper. Thank you for being back with us again this week. Uh, I know, surprise, surprise, surprise. Um, tonight, I have two special guests, um, one from Italy and one from the UK. Uh, our first guest says that he's younger than Iliad and sexier than Donald Trump. He says his career spans over three jokes. He's a uh, British stand-up who came to Italy for one year. Did I say that wrong? 20, 20 years ago. You'll correct me if I'm wrong. He currently 22 runs, now. 22. 22 years ago. I lost now. count, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you after that long. Uh, he <laughs> currently runs Farm Comedy, Rome's only English open mic uh, comedy show. Please welcome Michael Monkhouse. Hi. Hello. How are you doing? You all right? We're all right. And yeah, our second fine. guest. You're quite fine <laughs> uh, amidst the Covina. Uh, our second guest uh, is a British comedian, actor, writer, director, MC, and producer who is often described uh, as a comedian who treads a fine line between pure comedy and a mental breakdown. <laughs> He's one half of the Amer award-nominated sketch group, Nash and Monkhouse, and is due to appear as Lucky in the upcoming short film, Unlucky Me. Please welcome Kim Nash. Hey, Kim. Woo, thank you. Hi. How yeah. are you? I, I love that. I love that he's often described when you wrote that. <laughs> no, Colin Etchins did that. No, Colin did. A lot of people have asked me. Well, no one's asked me, actually. I just want to talk about it. So. <laughs> well, welcome you both. I, I appreciate you. How are you both doing amid uh, Covina? I'm all right. Yeah, apparently yeah. there's some kind of virus going around. Yeah. You don't say that, mate, do you? Yeah. You don't let's, say. Let's, like, yeah. let, like, let, let's hope it's nothing serious. Won't affect our day-to-day -day lives. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Forget about yeah. Forget about syphilis or AIDS. Right now we got Covina. I mean, really, it's like it's, it's just COVID. a different name for the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's, it's like it's like in Italy we had the aperitif. It was called aperitivo, and then it became apericena, which changed, mm. and it's exactly the same stuff. It's just about 10 euros more expensive. So <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, as long as there's a virus going around, life's going to be tough. So, you know, just sweat it out. Call it what you like, makes no difference. It's crazy. Uh, it's really crazy. What what yeah. led you, um, what led you both, well, first of all, before I say, uh, has it affected comedy at all uh, where, where you're both at right now? Um, totally. Yeah. 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 Okay, so yeah, here in New York too, it's like all the comics. Well, first of all, you can't be in a club without being vaccinated. That's number one. So for all the all the comics out there that got vaccinated, you lucky fuckers, because now you get to take yeah. over the scene. You mm -hmm. just killed about half of the the scene right there. So, <laughs> well, I have to be honest. Yeah, I have to be honest. For me, it's been a blessing in disguise as far uh -huh. as comedy goes. Um, I'm not saying it makes up for not being able to walk down the road and losing your job and all that stuff. But um, mm. living in Italy, I know I've said this before, but it's uh, I say it because it's true. Um, you know, uh, living in Rome, I was lucky to get one opportunity to do comedy a month. Mm -hmm. And with COVID, with Zoom, there was a period I was doing like one a day. Mm. It was amazing, wow. you know, and. Um, because the thing about in in Rome, we don't really have a circuit. Stand-up comedy doesn't really exist. You know, it's it's not something um, that really that really happens. You know, like in the evening, people don't say, "Let's go and watch a stand-up show." They say, "We'll go for a pizza, go and watch the football." You know, and um, my, when when I met my girlfriend, she didn't even know what stand-up was. Oh, you know, wow. she, she 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 knew what sketch was, she knew what theatre was, but she didn't really understand what stand-up was. And um, when, when you do open mic shows in Rome, a lot of them are not for comedy, they're sort of general. And people go there to listen to music. And if you get up and do stand up, they don't really know what you're doing. You know, are you acting? Are you ranting? Are you talking about, you know, so yeah. And so like with Zoom, I got to do hundreds and hundreds of shows. And of course I met Kim 
which was another wonderful thing about Sydney. Yeah, Isn't I'm it? never going to get that time right. back. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, what would you do at that time anyway? You just sit around doing nothing, so. <laughs> because, because of this virus, yeah. I was going to ask you guys that next. Um, what led you both to comedy and initially? Like the first time you ever wanted to do comedy? I think, I think for me, it was more of a sense of I come from like a theatre background. Mm -hmm. So I wanted like a new outlet to sort of do my performing art. Mm -hmm. uh, and that sort of led me to finding a local open mic. And um, yeah, it's gone from there. And then I met this, whatever the hell he is. My personal pronoun. How, how far into comedy before you two met? Like how far? I years how many years in? I was about three and a half years in, and I'm now four and a half years. Nice. And you? Um. Well, I mean, technically, I've been doing it for ten years, but you have to remember, ten years in Italy is not like ten years in London. You know, if you do it in London, you can do it every night. So ten years—that's thousands of shows. You know, in London, in in Rome, ten years is about thirty shows if you're lucky. Right, so right. I, I, I don't really think in terms of time. I think right. in terms of stage time. I, I first did comedy when I was at university. Um, I studied at Cambridge. And, um, yeah, I was in Footlights, right, the Cambridge um, comedy team, which doesn't mean anything. Anybody can join Footlights. It's just an association. And um, I was almost total crap, I think. I was almost total crap. Yeah, I, I once got a laugh by mistake um because i was panicking because it was going so badly so i ran two lines together and they thought it was a joke and i got one laugh by mistake and then i, I got booed off stage once and i thought i'm never going to do this again right that's what and we all said um, yeah, yeah yeah but this was the, yeah but the thing was it wasn't really my fault because it was very badly set up and it was a sort of open audition and the organizer actually said to the audience make it tough for the comedians oh, which cool. is stupid well it was unfortunate that i had the experience so early on because it's not typical i think most yeah. audiences they come out they're on your side they want to have a good night it's like going to a party you know you want to have a good time yeah. and so i stopped doing it for years and then i was in uh, italy and uh, a friend she's not my friend i don't like her um <laughs> and no, it's like facebook everybody's friends you know um, she she started up an open mic night, and I think it was my girlfriend. You know, she said, "Stop being such a miserable arsehole all the time and do something interesting." You're always moaning that there's no sort of scene in Rome. You got an opportunity, so I, I did one show, and I was amazed how much I enjoyed it. I thought it was going to be like a sort of um, penal sentence or a school yeah. exam. And um, the minute I heard the first laugh, it mm -hmm. just all evaporated, and actually had fun. And I, I kept doing it. And I, as I've said, it, it took a long time. It took literally years to get better. Wow. You know, because just what one show a month is nothing. Is yeah, no, I know. You need the 10,000 hours to, to be where the... Yeah, where I yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the beauty of Zoom. That's why I'm so, you know, I'm so pleased. Mm -hmm. Zoom yes. yeah. I, I love the Zoom. It is a different um, form, but... Yeah. For people like us that love sketch, it's perfect for us. Oh, that's yeah. great. I love I it. Think I found I my it. new heaven. Oh, this is it. So, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Other, other comics who are not animated, maybe not so much. Because I've yeah. seen people literally bomb just because they have no personality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, know. I, know. I mean, the thing is, it's, it's such a pain. I mean, there was one show I did out here in Rome. And um, I'm not exaggerating. I think it was six hours of my life because I didn't have time to go home. So I was just mucking around. 
and it probably cost me about 60 euros as well because i used to drink a lot and i had to get a taxi home and all of that was for like five minutes with no one listening to me you know and because i drank so much i felt terrible the next morning nearly lost my job mm -hmm. and i thought it's really worth it and the great thing about zoom you just jump on you know you just jump on it i know that kim kim is much better than me at this stuff and he just sort of jumps on the mics you yeah know, 20 minutes before which is great you know because if it's a physical mic you've got to travel from here to here yeah it's a lot of time it's a lot of time and it's a lot of money because you're sitting there in a bar you're going to start drinking you can't just sit there yeah. doing nothing they yeah. make a lot of alcoholics at open mics <laughs> a lot well because I, I drink too much anyway and for me it's not good sitting there with a load of booze you know so um, yeah. it's, it's much better for me at home you know i mean i know it's a different vibe you know because you don't get that immediate audience kind of thing but i still enjoy it you know? wow. yeah when did you guys both realize that you'd be a good team like yeah when did you realize that I personally, I think the point where it got to where me and Michael went, I think this is going to be a good, like we're a good team was, I think it was after he wrote a Marvin the Magnificent sketch and both of us <laughs> knew pretty much that. <laughs> yeah. But both of us basically yeah. knew at that point that we get along quite well. we, we know both of us know what we want from every project we do. Oh, we really, really um, yeah, I know. And That's it was really, to be fair, I think it was fully hammered home when we did a show. Weird. I'm just like, yeah. you know, interjection. That's how to get that in. Yeah. I, would, I, really I, know. Well. I know. He's weird. He's weird. I know. Um, but yeah, I think the main show where it became apparent that me and Michael are great at writing together was definitely when we did Last Days of Christ. Okay. I because about that later. Yeah. yeah i got I'm, i got a question on that later yeah for sure yeah that's well, right no, for, yeah. Me, for me it was um we did a podcast together right? yeah i was i was still quite green in that period i didn't have a lot of experience i was still very shaky mm -hmm. and um i'd done a couple of podcasts and it was always a bit weird and i did uh, the reckless podcast with kim and it was such a laugh you know and um we, we ended up talking for about 90 minutes I think, and I remember I got off. I got off the podcast, and I said, I said to uh, my girlfriend Christina, I said that was brilliant. I really enjoyed that, mm. and I think this is the kind of guy I could actually get on with, mm. uh, um, because it's. I, I don't really like working with other people. Me know, too. Yeah. I don't like other people. That's why. <laughs> I love, that's why I love the lockdown. I was like, this is great. Yeah, well, the great thing about lockdown is you can like just not talk to people and have a valid excuse. Exactly. That's yeah. Right. I yeah. loved it. It was not a problem for me at all. Yeah. I was like, mm -hmm. Well, actually, no, the, the first month of lockdown, it was almost fun because it was like living a science fiction movie. I mean, <laughs> it just went on. Yeah. It was, it was like sort of Twilight. Space, right? Remember Lost in Space? Did you ever see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I loved, it was like, it was like that. Yeah. Or, you know, Outer Limits. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, well it you guys, as a, as a writing team, um, is it trust or creativity that's the most important in your sketch team? We just dick about, basically. <laughs> that's all we do we we just stick about and somehow we manage to make something funny out of it it's incredible yeah yeah because what, what i like about working with kim is that um i have complete freedom to be an idiot <laughs> and um you know when, when you're writing on your own there's always that party that thinks you know this is no good or this is too silly right what's monty python it's too silly um you know and the nice thing about kim is he just gives you complete freedom and you can write and write and write and then later we come back and we say that's too extreme or you know that's too that's too much and we cut it but we we have sort of um it's like brainstorming you just write whatever the hell you like 
and then yeah. later you come back and, and cut out all the fat and trim it down. Right. You know, so, um, it's, it's, it's a good person to work with. And um, because people um, people are extremely negative, you know, whenever you have an idea, they say, no, that's been done before, or, yeah. you know, that's too personal, or no one's going to care. Whereas Kim is the opposite. He just lets me be as stupid as I like. Right, exactly. And that's kind of person. I had a good partner, but then uh, we fell out. So that's another story. But but I, I like... Uh, Kim I, and I are going to fall out sooner or later. Eventually, eventually. eventually. I've fallen out with everybody in the end. <laughs> so yeah. you've had to fall out with everybody? So wait, do you, do you guys mind if we run to a uh, sketch, skitty mo sets? I can't even say the word. Sketch. We'll be right back. I'm just going to check it out. Let me share my... Uh, let's see if I get this right, because I am not the techie that I'd like to be. Is this the right one? Hopefully this is the right one. Please be the right one. All righty. Let's see. Oh, oh <laughs> hello. You're Justin Bieber. Nice to meet you. <laughs> what a pleasure. Mm -hmm. My granddaughter, Haley, has told me all about you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Justin, uh, oh, would I like some soda pop? Um, no, I wouldn't, but you can get my, my granddaughter here. Haley, some soda pop if you like. <laughs> I'd like champagne, please. <laughs> yes, that, that's what I drink, champagne. Yes. Um, oh, how was the concert? Oh, it was quite interesting, Justin. Very, very interesting. <laughs> no cold porter, no bark, but you know, <laughs> you young people. <laughs> yes, you're so modern. <laughs> you see, I like everything in the 1940s, Justin. That's just me. Now, one little suggestion for me to you is I would dress up if I were you. Yes, I would dress up, dear, because of those jeans and that little jean jacket. Uh, that's not really, that's not really fancy to go at your concert. So that's the only advice I'd have for you, Justin. But um, Haley, is the car here yet? Um, yes, I have a, a car waiting for me, Justin. I must really go now. But it's been a pleasure, a pleasure meeting you. And uh, oh, let me shake your hand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Justin, you're fabulous. You take care of yourself now and dress up a little bit, just a little bit. Bye. So, Bond, I don't know how to tell you this, but apparently, you have a VD? <laughs> no, thanks. You're a nosy little chap, aren't you? How did you know I had Vanessa Duvereau? This Vanessa, where did you meet her, Bond? I thought all your women were tall, blonde, beautiful, and clean. Who was you at the last? Whatever it was, she gave you an STD. Well, last week in Monaco, I dined with uh, Samantha, Tanya, Vanessa, Sophia, oh, Sophia, and Daphne. Yes, indeed, Daphne. And then there was Bond. You have got to slow it down a bit before your packer falls off. You have a VD. I'm giving you some pills and a shot in the thumb. Hold on, hold on. Did you, did you say VD? Disease? Dr. X, now you're making me uncomfortable, uncomfortable chat.
what's up? We are back. You're watching on Thank you. I'm your host, Tanya. And that was uh the Bane Bond. <laughs> yeah, do you know I've got a theory? I've got a theory. Yeah. I oh, think that was it. actually you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Listen. that was you in disguise, wasn't it? <laughs> it was sorry like, to break it to everyone. Listen, yeah. when you're you the magic. When you're desperate to get a sketch out, you'll do anything, okay? That's what I do. <laughs> I don't care about perfection. I've done some weird things to get into sketches. Yeah, yeah it's, it's weird, but this is my thinking. I've been thinking this for years. I have a whole series on Vane Bond, but that's just yeah. the start of the, the yeah. match. Yeah. Uh, so well, it's I'm interesting because the, the original character, James Bond, was based on me. Oh, really? Was it? Yeah, when I was younger, obviously, not <laughs> now. Yeah. <laughs> Him and the Fonz, the Fonz as well, was based on me. <laughs> Happy days, yeah, Fonzie. Yeah. So, guys, if you if you didn't check it out, um, if you're just co coming into the room, um, we're, you're watching on the town with Tanya, and I'm here with two comedians, uh, one from the UK, Kim Nash, and one hey. from Roma, uh, Michael Monkhouse. So, um, right. we're we're at right now. So you guys tell me about um, the carnage returns and last days of Christ Monk, Michael Monkhouse. It's slightly mental. It's slightly deranged. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a character that Kim invented. Uh, it's about, about two years ago now. Huh? Nearly two years. Yeah. He's, he's gone through various metamorphoses. In fact, it's interesting because recently we were watching like one of the first things we did with him. And he's he started off as a bit like um, a bit like Vivian from the Young Ones. I don't know if you know the Young Ones. Mm. Um, the Young Ones was a great English sitcom. It's, it's basically a sort of mental character, sort of uh, axe wielding homicidal maniac. Um, yeah. But he's changed, hasn't he, over the years? He's hardly it's, it's a bit like you know Salinger with their Seymour Glass. You know, with every story mm. he develops into something a bit different until he's vaguely recognisable. Yeah. When is that? When is yeah. that? Has that come out yet, or is that coming out? Or um, um, some of them have come out, haven't they? Okay. Yeah. So Carnage Returns to sort of expand on Carnage Returns. The the idea with Carnage first came around when we at the time I took the Marvin character in the show to a virtual mic, and uh, the character just completely. <laughs> It completely bombed. The character completely bombed. The audience didn't like him. The hosts didn't like him. Yeah. And it got to a point where I was like, I don't want to do this character anymore. And Michael said to me, why don't we expand his story? Why don't we give him like a backstory? Okay. And then yeah. me, him, like we, we wrote we wrote a show. We took it to Edinburgh Fringe uh, and we came back away with a, an award nomination for Best Online Show, uh, which was really fun. Uh, but the idea with Carnage Returns is that we sort of learn about Marvin's childhood. We learn that his parents didn't like him whatsoever. His father was abusive uh, and that he's obsessed with um, just being a circus performer, running his own circus, uh, uh, whilst killing a couple of people along the way. Well, and singing, singing that little do. song. Yeah. Yeah, well, right, yeah. so basically, you went into a life of a serial killer and made it into something funny. Let's go. Well, because I, I was, um, <laughs> I, I was a bit worried that we were sort of losing the humor with it, and okay. um, I, th I think it's nice because uh, we we write it, yeah. Um, sort of, the, there's, there's another friend of ours called Maggie uh, Levine, and we tend to write it in three, and I think it's nice because we're all good at different things. I think Kim is good with characters. 
and he's mm. good at acting and i think maggie's good with plots nice and uh, I'm, I'm better with the sort of gags you know i try to keep the gag level mm. quite high you know and it's, it's nice because we get it's, it's a bit like the young ones the young ones had three writers and there was like character gag and plot and i think you know it's nice to work with other people because we sort of complement each other nice. you know nice. and it's, it's interesting because if just two of us work together you can tell because one of them disappears. Like if it's me and Kim, there's no plot going on, mm. right? And if it's Kim and Maggie, then they, you know the, the plot's very strong, but there are a lot of um, gags in there, you know. So it's nice you can sort of see the, the sort of three of us work together well, you know, as yeah, a kind of synergy. And, and we know each other very well, so you know we can muck around. We can make mistakes. Right. You know, we're not afraid. You know, this this doesn't really work, so don't worry. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I'll I'll the the thing with when we did Last Days of Christ was. When I first approached the idea to Michael, because we had we had done the nativity and we thought, you know what, why don't we just take on the bigger story? Why don't we take on the bigger story? Uh, and I, when I threw the idea at Michael, he originally turned it down because he didn't no, want to do comfortable. it. Um, yeah, but you have to remember that there's an abyss between making jokes about the nativity and making jokes about crucifixion. The, the nativity is funny because you could do like a terrible school play, you mm -hmm. know, those awful school plays when you're eight years old and everyone forgets the lines and, then, right. you know, people get nervous, don't want to go on stage, you know, you the, the crucifixion. Hmm? You both have, hmm? a, have a line, a line that you want to cross? Um, the cross, yeah, yeah. I don't know what well, that, that was. Like, I was a bit worried about it because I'm not, you know, I'm not normally offended, and everybody says that, and they are easily offended, whereas mm. I'm not. Um, but I just thought it was a bit much, especially when it got to like the crucifixion itself, you know, because it's such a sort of a harrowing story. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not. I'm not a hypocrite. I'm not particularly religious myself. I'm not going to be like, you know, sanctimonious and you can't make jokes about it. But I, I did think it was a bit sort of dodgy. So what we did was um, we started it as, you know, like lots of jokes. And towards the end, we, we had actually written, and Kim, Kim will uh, bear me out on this, and yeah. the original crucifixion scene, we kept up the gag count. And then I just felt really uncomfortable having like, you know, the crucifixion and some silly sort of, you know. Right. Yeah, so in, in that case, we actually left the crucifixion scene as it was. Okay. And, you know, we just we sort of left it alone. Yeah, we, we kept it at that. So we let, what we did is we let the comedy elements be comedy. And then when it got to the crucifixion scene, which um, those who are watching the video one, you'll, you heard this wall behind me is actually the wall we did the crucifixion on. Yeah. Um, and it just, it, it was just brilliant because we just let the crucifixion be as dramatic as it needed to be. It yeah. just involved me wearing a shirt that was ripped to shreds mm -hmm. and just covered in fake blood with um, like cables wrapped around my head yeah. to be the crown of thorns. And yeah. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And we're doing it again this year as well. So I, think, I think paradoxically it was stronger because people were expecting the jokes and they weren't getting them. So it actually had more of an impact, you know, and we, we sort of phased out the jokes. I think after the second Pontius Pilate scene, we just stopped making the jokes, and then we started to get back to you know, you know, a bit of um, you know, respect, right. and, uh, realism, you know. Right. Well, <laughs> what what makes um, because Kim, I'm I'm assuming because uh, you it was your idea, some of it, um, that part. But what makes um, as a comic, what makes uh, not defiant? What makes you defiant uh, or naughty when it comes to religion? Like, is there like you know, we all have our thing that we like to pick on. I do mind. I have a whole religious piece too, so I have my side. Mm. 
but mine's a little different like you know like adam and eve I'm, i tell how i know women are smarter like little things like that but what makes you um choose that as your um defiance in comedy i'll call it <laughs> um i think with me the thing is with me and religion i'm atheist but i'm atheist in the sense of if there's evidence to back something up then I, i'm open to believing in it so when we like so with last days of christ we i always had this mentality of i'm gonna that's it's sort of why we kept the like the resurrection out of last days of christ is because i think we originally wrote jokes and it was it was just going to end up being an argument of oh it's medically impossible for this to happen or it's never yeah. been proven um but for me i i my love for joking about religion is the whole what is sacredness right long argument because in in my eyes and people can get offended if they want i really couldn't care um yeah, that's <laughs> that's um, what you when did you stop caring yeah, yeah. 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 Long, long story short, when did I stop caring? Ages ago. <laughs> Ages ago. I, I have. I, this is the thing about me and Michael is we, we sort of both have the same mentality now of we really don't care what people think anymore. Good. That's a good comment. It's healthy. It's a healthy it's, mentality. Yeah. You get to you the know, real stuff. The the best the best advice I ever got. Because um, the thing about comedy, especially stand up. And it's something you just have to do. And there comes a point where you stop taking advice. You just do it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I read a few books and I went to a few sort of rather bad courses. Not, you know, I didn't go to a decent course. And the best advice I ever got, and um, this is a swear word, but I can say it because it's a quote. It's not me. Yeah. The best advice I ever got was, um, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. When you go on stage, mm-hmm. just think those two words. All right? Yeah. You've got to be all right. Because paradoxically, if you're nervous, your nerves are going to show yeah. and the mm. audience feels uncomfortable. And also, you have to remember, there's always going to be somebody who doesn't like it. There's someone that I know, he's a very, very distant relative of my girlfriend, and he's been on the BBC. You know, he's, he's a professional comedian. He's been wow. doing it for years. And he said the first time he did comedy, there was this arsehole in the third row yawning. And mm. he just looked at that guy and it was really putting him off. And he went backstage, really bad mood. And the other guy said, what's wrong with you? And he said, what's, what's wrong? There was a guy yawning. And he said, really? Because 90% of the people were laughing. Hmm. And he said, really? And he genuinely hadn't noticed because he was so wow. fixated on this one person. And the other guy said, remember, A, that's not typical. And B, if he's yawning, it probably has nothing to do with you. Maybe he's had a bad hmm. day. Maybe he's bored. Maybe he's worried about something. He's probably not yawning at you. He's yawning because he's got his own things to worry about. You know. Exactly. So there's always going to be someone who doesn't like you're it. So. Hmm? No, mm. Speaking of yarn, you made me yarn. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, it's I, contagious. Yeah. I think it's more says that word. Like I think I yeah, yarn. I well, I think I think the other thing about it which helps me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about Kim, but you see, I personally I don't have any pretensions to going professional. Um, and if you want to go professional, you worry about curriculum vitae points and alienating people and like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, you know, they, they won't let me back and then I can't meet this person and get on with this person. If it's just a hobby, you just think, well, who cares? You know, they don't yeah. want me. I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. You, you, answer, my own thing, you, know. yeah, you answered my next question, which was, uh, does being edgy uh, makes you lose gigs or win gigs? Uh, yeah. Because win them too. It's going to go yeah. either way. Someone might say, oh, I mm. know Kim. He's gonna bring it with the naughty. So let me let me see if he's around. So I've yeah. I've I've got banned from certain places. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, 
I like how Mick's been banned from venues, but the worst I've had is had my own show shut down after two shows. Oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Um, what mark do you each want to leave in comedy? That's what I want to know. What do you what what do you want to leave in comedy? So if you have these, whether it's, you want to make a mark or not, or you just do it because you want to, whatever. I, that, that's a very I, think, I think for me, the mark I want to leave in comedy is that at least I tried. If an idea didn't work, and Michael said this on a podcast before, um, and I'll quote him, is that the thing is with me is when I get an idea in my head, even if it's a crap idea, I will just go for it. I will even if it like blows up in my face mm -hmm. at least i i've tried to make that idea work and i think that's the mark i want to leave in comedy is that at least i tried something whether that's a joke or whether a sketch didn't work or whether a full-length edinburgh show didn't work mm -hmm. at least i tried i don't know about michael but that's what i think mm -hmm. yeah yeah i agree well it's, it's an interesting question if you'd asked me 10 years ago um i, I had pretensions to taking it further you know, I would probably like to become a professional. But now my mentality now is that um, it's, I'm, I'm doing it for fun. I'm enjoying it. And if anything else comes out of it, you know, if I get an offer or if I start making money, that's a bonus. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and, and paradoxically, I know this sounds like a stupid thing to say, but I prefer not to make money at the moment. Right. Mm -hmm. It is the mentality is very strange. If you say this is a hobby, I enjoy it. Um, there was a show I did with my mate here in Italy, Francesca. We we wrote it all together, mm -hmm. and uh, we used to do it for free, and we had a lot of fun rehearsing. And we do the show, have a laugh, and go out for a drink after, and it was great. Mm -hmm. And there was one particular theatre, and they said, "No, no, we're going to pay you." And we said, "It doesn't matter. Mm, we're going to pay you because we believe in art. We believe in the value of what you're doing." Also. All this rubbish, you know. Yeah. And at the end of the show, um, they took 50% went to the theatre, 20% went for this and that. And my my mate and I, we walked out, we were richer by £3.27. pence. Mm -hmm. Right. And at that point, I prefer not to get paid. Because if you don't get paid, you think we had fun. Whereas if you think, oh, God, you know, we're going to get paid for this. Instead of looking back on that rehearsal as a laugh, you look back on it as, you know, taking a mick. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean. So I, I would rather make money I could do something with, wow. or not make any money and just have fun. Because the, the way I view it, if you have a hobby, not only do you not get paid, but you pay to do it. Right. Mm. Exactly. You know, if you exactly. you, you, want, you want to go to the gym, you have to pay to go in. Even reading, you pay for the book. You know, even the internet, mm. you pay for the electricity. So if I can do my hobby for free, then uh, that's that's good enough for me, really. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Um. So we're gonna go to a music video break, but. Um, come back, I'm going to tell people how to find you and about one of your uh, yeah, stalking. Yeah. All right. When we come back, so uh, time for a video. Let me see if I can do this. My baby's kind of crazy. Our life's kind of hazy. He's always down on right till the end. Oh, his heart's a little heavy. Drinks beers, tries to shed me. He's always down on right till the end. Just tell me when you want it, I got it, oh, just tell me when you need it, I have it, oh, oh, you tell me every day that you're waiting, oh, why do you want to hurt? Baby, I'm drunk, only, know the cup won't lie. 
We are back and you are watching On the Town with Tanya. We are here with Michael Michael and Kim Nash. Uh, two uh, so guys, uh, tell us uh, where we can find your fan page. Let me see if I can get this screen back right. There we go. Uh, where I can find your fan page. Let me see if I put it up here anywhere. Ba -da -da -da. Tell us where we can find you. Oh, actually, tell me about Farm. What is it? Farm Comedy Club? Is on Farm Facebook. Comedy Club. Yeah, yeah, Funny Farm. That's right. It's uh, Rome's only um, completely open mic for comedy in English. Uh -huh. um, started with my mate, Francesco Pugliese. Okay. Uh, my, my comedy partner out here. Yeah. And uh, we, we started it up because um, there are very few opportunities out here in Rome. And the the Roman people, um, they're, they're very cliquey. They have their favorite people that come back again and again. And they say, you know, oh, we don't have room for you, but they have room for their mates. Right. Yeah. The place. Um, the Rome's Comedy Club, um, I had some personal problems with. And again, it's not really open because they have a little roster of people that come back again and again. And so we started a farm comedy club, Funny Farm, um, just to give everybody an opportunity. And, you know, we, we've had like professionals, we've had people doing it for the first time, mm -hmm. um, you know, soiling their pants. And that, that's what it is. Everybody has five, seven minutes. It's a complete democracy. Unfortunately, there's this kind of virus going around. I know. Mentioned. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of suspended, but we're going to try and get it back as soon as possible. Yeah. So is that different than Rome comedians stay home with the positive test or go to work? Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna try and get a Zoom one coming up now. Yeah. Okay, and, that's gonna yeah, be a Zoom. Okay. Yeah. Make sure you let me know. Yeah. I can stay up that late. I don't know. Oh yeah. Well, it's and uh, anybody's welcome to join in. That's the that's the point of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's awesome. And Kim, where can we find you? Uh, well, hopefully not in the street. Super nice. Yeah. Talking. Yeah. Under, under under a stone somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so if there's any page you should be following is, uh, if you want to see some brilliant sketches, uh, you need to go over to Nasha Monkhouse Productions. Yeah. Um, we've uploaded three sketches over the last three days. One of those being, uh, the sketches we've uploaded is dad's the word, which is, um, a sketch <laughs> about, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's the word is uh, a sketch about gays. Okay. So it's quite fun. Um, the other sketch we did was an intervention, which is um, basically an intervention going wrong because the person isn't drinking and the intervention is to get them drinking. Oh, so wow. it's um, it yeah. sort of Alcoholics Anonymous in reverse. It's yeah, basically. basically. Yeah, basically. But, yeah. But yeah, Nathan, uh, Nasha Monkhouse Productions is where most of our sketches are. Uh, any what other projects that we've got coming out? Uh, we've got a show which me and Michael wrote, uh, well, has been writing and still is writing, called Unchained, which is uh, the next chapter in Marvin's story. That's going to be at the Bread and Roses Theatre in London on uh, Easter Sunday and Easter Monday uh, for two performances, uh, which involves me being covered in a load of fake blood and having to get the tube home. Um, again. So that's, again. Yeah, it's going to be fun but, in the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the next big thing me and Michael are doing uh, is Last Days of Christ, which we're doing for a second time. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, I, I want to take on a full-length show. Um, which I'm helping him to produce. Nice. Yeah, which Kim is going to produce and advertise because um, over the years I've I've written so much stuff. If I put it all together, I'm sure I could get 30 minutes an hour out of it. 
nice. you know so um i would actually like to do well but what, what i want to do i, I want to do a sort of jimmy casting i just want to do like joke 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 i, I don't want to do one of these like you know english person comes to rome and struggles to find work because it's been right. done so many times i just want right. to do a load of gags you know string them off well, you know so because I'd, I'd like to do I, I once did a sort of 30 minute show but it wasn't really me it was me alternating with sketches with other people so I, I would like to do you know 30 minutes and then one day work up to 60 minutes because I've got the material I just have to remember it and put it in a sort of logical order you know wow well that sounds great you guys are both talented uh and I love I love what you're doing because you know what we have to be able to use our gifts the way we see fit not the way mm -hmm. so I appreciate you and I'm sure um, people who are sitting at home, especially during a pandemic, can appreciate you. Uh, and I know it's edgy sometimes, but sometimes edgy is good. It may not be someone else's thing, but it's somebody's thing, and that's who we're finding. So thank you guys for uh, being my guest. Cheers, you. You're welcome back here anytime, you know. Um, guys, go to thank our you. Facebook page. I mean, wait, go to our Facebook pages, our YouTube channels, and subscribe. I put it in the chat, um, what you said, Kim, so hopefully I got it right. Yeah. Uh, and if you if you need to reach out to them and you can't, just inbox me, not a problem, okay? So go to my page, like, share, subscribe. On the town with Tanya, thank you again so much for watching. Guys, just hang out for a minute. Uh, mm -hmm. um, Cheers. Yeah.